Now let us get into Friday night SmackDown from last night. So, oh, um, Brian, where, where, where do I really begin? Honestly, <laughs> um, this was a, if, if I can put this as blunt and as honest as I can be for everybody, this show was a whole lot of nothing. Nothing about this show was important. Nothing about this show I have any intentions of needing to watch the following weeks. And outside of all of that, it was confusing, especially the bloodline shit. And we're going to get to that. Nothing was captivating and nothing fucking made sense at all. Um, mm. Without Roman Reigns on the show, without the star power, without Cody, who knows if Cody Rhodes is going to be the newest member of SmackDown moving forward. But without that, as good as LA Knight is, as much as we like people like AJ Styles, the, the show just, just isn't it, uh, especially from last night. Um, as the first topic I do want to discuss um, is, uh, let's start with the women. I'll, I'll start with the women uh, for, for SmackDown here. Um, as it seems like we're getting EO Sky and Asuka, right? And here, you know, people are thinking like, oh, EO and Sky and Asuka. James, how are you not excited about that? Well, hold your horses. Because it, well, this whole thing initiated, it started with Charlotte Flair, right? Gotta have Charlotte Flair in there, right? In this, in this whole fucking situation. She had a tag match with Shotzi uh, against Bailey and EO Sky. Uh, Asuka was causing a distraction. She's like a fucking genie coming out of a bottle, doing all this shit with her fucking hands, taking away the title. Like she's, she's that much of a distraction to where EO sky is staring at her for oh, oh, what felt like 30 seconds. Um, freaking Shotzi hits a DDT to Bailey for the W and then Asuka and EO come face to face. Now look, and that, that they were face-to-face -face and Asuka left the ring, you know, solidifying like, hey, I'm coming after that title. So, look, I know we I, – I, listen, I don't want to sound like hip, a hypocrite here. No, listen, me and you, Brian, as well, we've talked about, man, EO Sky and freaking Asuka, man. Like, that shit is good. Freaking build that shit for, for a good two months. Build that up to a pay-per-view. Let's freaking rock. However, guys, they're not going to have it at a fucking pay-per-view. They are rushing this in the next two weeks on SmackDown. Because why would they build it up, Ryan? Why, why would they want to take two of your best in-ring performers, your best perform performers overall in your women's division, fuck giving them like a at least a month and a half, two-month build. Let's just fucking put it in the middle of SmackDown. Because I highly doubt it's going to be in the main event. And who knows? Maybe it is in the main event. But to put it on SmackDown, Right, they come face to face, and then in two weeks you announce this match. It's like, why are we gonna save the fucking android that is Charlotte Flair for the fucking pay per view? Guys, give me a break. I, I mean, guys, seriously, I understand. Like, oh well, beggars can't be choosers. We're getting EO Sky and Oscar, but guys, doesn't wouldn't this deserve a bigger moment, a bigger stage, a proper yep. build, a proper feud? I get it, beggars can't be choosers. We're getting it, but. Man, like this deserves more. This does like not even out of Brian. It's in, in regards to Triple H in this in WWE in this company. It's not even worth at a fucking fast lane. Like what right. the fuck are we doing? <laughs> oh, what are we gonna have the rematch at fast lane? Are they gonna have some type of f finish? 
then why have the fucking match on SmackDown, motherfucker? It's just make it fucking make sense. Um, so yeah, look, are they going to do some, maybe some cool entertaining shit along the way? Maybe could they do some vignettes? Yeah, possibly. Right. I mean, they're going to do their thing to what's given to them, but outside, but overall, man, they don't care. They, they don't care. All of this to me, Brian, it's, it's building up to, they want their bigger match. They want the bigger moment to be Bianca Belair versus Asuka for WrestleMania 40. To me, that that's just what it is at the end of the day. Um, the pieces, to me, are set in place for it. Bianca has this time off. You probably won't maybe see her come back, probably until the Royal Rumble, um, as she's playing an injury. I guess she's just taking some certain time off for whenever she decides to come back. So in the meantime, to use this filler, let's put Asuka and Io in the fucking ring together and just poof, let's be done with it. Just use it as filler because we have nothing else for anybody just build it up for two weeks and that's it fucking yep. man. brian your your thoughts man in regards to uh oscar neo sky and, and everything else as a well. whole um wwe is gonna shit the bed on this um yeah oscar neo man uh that I'm with you, man. You're, you're just throwing them out there two weeks from now on a on a SmackDown. This, these two women, right? I mean, treat it like you would any other, the men's title or a tag title or, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Build it for goddamn at least a month before they ever have a match, right? <laughs> you know, and then, you know, with, with these two women, A, it needs to be a feud. Not a match, one and done, and you're gone. So I'm talking two, mm-hmm. three match matches, two, three, four months of a build of storytelling, you know, whatever. And by God, if this culminates, ends in any sort of way with a fucking triple threat or a fatal four way, <laughs> like no, Eo and Asuka, one on one. That's it. Yeah. That is fucking it. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's just, it's just that I, I don't trust WWE. Like, could there, could there yeah. be a way to like, okay, you have this match on SmackDown, you know, whatever EO retains Bailey interferes or whatever. Right. Then you go to the fast lane or survivor series or whatever. As long as if, if the big picture is to have a one-on-one feud with these women, multiple matches, multiple months i'm more on board with it but that's probably not what is going to happen um mm-hmm. so yeah that's uh, i yeah i don't know where to go from there um eo and asuka is going to be fucking awesome but if it's just a one-time thing and you're you're not giving it the attention you're not giving it the time to build and whatever then all right man i mean that's same old, same old, you know, I don't know what else to say. That's, we, we've talked about it numerous times, like whether it's EO or Asuka or Nakamura, um, I don't know, man. They're, they're just not, not going to be given the ball. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's a shame. It, it really yep. is a shame, man. You know, it's just, 
Huh, look, it's it is. I mean, I can't. I don't want to say it is what it is, but I mean, this is just this is just how WWE just wants to operate things, guys. Like it's clear as day, man. Like they want to save Charlotte Flair whenever she does That's win the this thing, championship because it's, it's going because it's going guys, guys it's going to happen. Like I, I'm, I'm yep. whether it was going to be back at SummerSlam or whenever it comes the Royal Rumble or whatever, guys, it's going to happen. They want to save this big moment at a big stage for what to Charlotte Flair winning her what? It's going to be her 16th championship. Tying her 16, fucking father, yeah, I don't know. Something like that. They want to save that to a fucking a, a, a wrestler, a women's wrestler that has no connection with the fucking audience. I've said it months and months and months and week after week about how this woman does not draw in fans. She does not have a connection. She turns heel and face every single freaking month whenever she does come back that tells you everything you need to know as well so let's let's put her the woman that no one gives a fuck about right that doesn't want to see any more of her being in the title picture let's save the big moment for that but not for your two women that people want to see that people yeah. that two women that are actually one of the best performers in your fucking women's division in wrestling, what, period. In wrestling, right? In wrestling as well. Yeah. But what do we? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck do we know? Anyway, moving on. Uh, yep. Moving on from that, because the more I talk about that, the more I get fucking <laughs> irritated, and the more I want to ram my head through this fucking wall. Moving on. Um, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Um, as he was in a segment, um, he enters the ring. Um, you know, he talks about the Miz TV segment from uh from this past Monday. Um, he talks about John Cena as well. He's like, listen, I didn't need Cena's endorsement. I've endorsed myself to be here. I love that line, actually. Really good line yep. from LA Knight. Uh, Grayson Waller interrupts. He invites Austin Theory out. Good old freaking Austin Theory. You know, the excitement, the eruption came from the fucking crowd. Oh, wait, no, that's just inserted crowd noise. I think uh, you called that a couple weeks ago, right? <laughs> that that pairing, Waller and Theory. Uh -huh. I fucking yep. called it. I fucking knew it. Guys, I fucking know. I, guys, I called this. The fact that I called this shit months and weeks in advance tells you everything you need to freaking know. But anyway, um, Theory's music hits. He comes out, talks all this shit. Clearly, there's inserted crowd noise within his booze because no one gives a fuck about the dude. It's just it's a shame. You know, listen, I understand people may see some good that's in a Grayson Waller tag team. And yeah, I, I can understand that. Maybe could it work? Sure. But this tag team is not going to save him, man. This tag team, no. like people are already making comparisons of like, like edge and christian and fucking rated rko what are we fucking doing bro like oh i see like you know it's like pictures i get brian i'm not kidding there's like legit twitter like tweets there's freaking tweets of like freaking oh i'm getting i'm getting rated rko vibes i'm getting freaking i'm getting freaking uh guys i'm not kidding edge and christian what the fuck man you're you're taking a guy that has legit has bored everybody to fucking tears. And again, it's no fault to his own. It's just the way that this company has developed him and has put him in this situation. Guys, this tag team is not going to save Austin Theory. It is not going to be a saving grace, especially the tag division that is surrounding them because it is the tag division is fucking irrelevant. So yeah. that's my problem, right? 
if you're if they're going to build up Austin Theory, this tag team is not it. You know what this is, Brian? It's a fucking Band-Aid. You ever see like one of those commercials where it's, I think it's called like flex tape where you put something over like a piece of broken glass or something. That's, oh, that's yeah. this tag team. Flexi steel. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. That's this fucking tag team, right? It's right, not, right. Guys, it's not helping Austin Theory. It's not. Yeah. He's out yeah. there boring everyone to tears. Shit, LA Knight even said that. Listen, you know, while you're done boring everyone to fucking sleep, why don't I show you how it's done? And he just freaking just he just freaking calls freaking uh freaking Grayson Waller, whatever the fuck he said, like crotch goblins, crotch goblins, right, 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 muck mouth, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. And and this uh, you know leads into a match um, between L.A. Knight and Austin Theory. Uh, Grayson Waller was on commentary. Grayson Waller uh, he unties the top turnbuckle while the ref is distracted or involved with the match. So obviously some kind of like some, you know, involvement went into the, the, the turnbuckle being undone, but when it's all said and done, uh, LA Knight wins this match via the BFT Waller entered the ring to try to do a cheap shot. But, uh, Waller was like, Oh, whoa, whoa, I'm good. And just rolls underneath the ring. And that was pretty much it. Now, look, before I get to you, Brian, look, and listen, it seems like to me that, you know, WWE is finally starting to right its wrongs, or maybe this is something that they, we needed to wait on, right? We needed to wait on LA Knight for seven months. Cause here's the thing, guys, this company is finally doing what they should have done for the past seven months. And that's mm-hmm. properly build this fucking guy, right? So trust me, no, <laughs> trust me, WWE, you know, again, we, we we can talk about like, oh, see, like you, you, all you had to do was be patient and all you had to do was wait, motherfucker. They should have been doing this early in January of, of this fucking year, right? Just, but hey, I mean, I guess you could say beggars can't be choosers because we're getting it. But, you know, but hey, we're getting what we finally should have gotten in seven months. He's being involved in pay-per-views. He's being involved in feuds. Shoot, he's being, in, he's involved in segments with John Cena. So, and I believe also that uh, LA Knight has finalized an agreement with WWE yep. in regards to his contract. So you're going to see a lot more LA Knight, I believe. And that's kind of showing you now, you know, that WWE is definitely fully on board with LA Knight in this train and, and, you know, keeping his momentum going forward, how they do such remains to be seen, but agreement has been finalized as I believe I, but don't know the details of his deal, but I want to say a lot of, usually a lot of extensions or contract extensions are usually around about four to five years. So I want to say it's something. I, I, I think I heard five years. Yeah. That would make most sense. Yeah. Cause I know uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they've all had similar extensions to where it's about around that five year time frame. Um, but yeah, man, look, but everything that me and I'm sure Brian, you have stated before, like, I'm sure we, we still, we, we, we still, you know, hold those words to what we said about LA night to say, man, like, what are we doing? What are we doing with LA night? What's going on? You know, but now they're doing what we've been legit asking them to do for the past seven months. And finally they're doing that. What this leads, leads this or what this leads to remains to be seen. I don't know. Um, clearly, they're going to do another match next week with The Miz. There's probably going to be some involvement with LA Knight and John Cena with Austin Theory and Grayson Waller because they have a Grayson Waller effect segment next week with John Cena. So I'm sure LA Knight's going to be involved with that. So who knows, man? But hey, freaking finally, this company is giving him 
you know, they're giving him the time. They're giving him yep. the TV time after months of leaving this dude off of pay-per-views, off of Madison Square Garden, putting him in two to three minute matches. And now finally, you know, finally we're getting this push, but they're doing it. What should have been done seven months ago. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's it. So Brian, your thoughts, my man, about LA Knights um, in this match and LA Knights momentum going forward. I don't have much, you know, much comments about the match itself. I mean, him on the mic, you know, the promo that was awesome. Um, I'll start with his, his contract and, and that extension. Um, just, you know, a shout out to the the real life human being and, and, and right. Yeah. You know what that means for him. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Because yeah, like this, this guy, I don't know how I want to start. Um, I hate the, the general attitude or when people or, or situations arise, right? Where like the only reason we're, we're you know, yes, thank you. We're, we're finally getting the LA night push, you know, whatever that that's great. Uh -huh. The only reason it's happening is because WWE's hand was basically forced, was, you know, exactly. by, absolutely. Right. No question. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, this this guy <clears throat> wasn't the guy, and they had no choice but to give him that contract. They're just like, "Fuck, man, we are." They were here. You hear this response week after week, month after month, and like, "Shit, man, you know, we wanted to wait till maybe this contract runs out, but shoot, let's just give him the extension, <laughs> right?" So absolutely, yeah. So when you get into situations like that, right, and where whether it's an individual or or a corporation like WWE, like when you spent so much time you know, doing the wrong thing or, or at least not doing the right thing. And then you finally do it. And then like, what you want to pat on the back for doing it? Like, nah, right. I'm not, the, I'm <laughs> like, not with see, shit, we're, man. we're pushing like, this dude, right? <laughs> see, like, yeah. where's our, where's our, where's our, uh, where, where's, where's our pat on the back, right? Where, where's our kudos? Like triple H is like, look, come on, man. We, I told you good things come to those that way. Well, here it is. Right. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. No, absolutely. Yeah. And and especially within the within the wrestling world, right? It's a unique industry, and and you could say this in, in sports in general, right? Um, look, you know, WWE tried and 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 wanted to, you know, calm this, squash it, put it on the back burner, whatever it is. And the reality is, like, if this guy had gone out there and just a fraction of an inch, you know, gets injured, right, ends his career, or or just ends the momentum here. This payday, this this extension never fucking happens, right? So I got to give a shout out to LA Knight, man, for a guy who the company wasn't behind you for months, you know, tried to squash whatever heat you were getting. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know who said, I, I know there's somebody has has used this, this line within wrestling. Um, he has made himself undeniable and he did that. Right. I mean, yes, he yeah. was, you know, with whatever position he was put in, but he did that. That was not with that, with, you know, the large push of a, a the company behind you, like a Seth Rollins or a whoever. So for him to, to get to this point and, and get that moment, and I don't know what the payday is, but I'm sure it's pretty fucking nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, congratulations. Um, you know, shout out to you, man. Cause yeah, that's, you want to, he earned that shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely um so yeah going forward with them um i don't know if you want to comment on it now or whatever i know there was a and i didn't see it live or whatever but i know there was an interaction with Heyman 
Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. That I mean, I I don't see because right now he's a face. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, long term, I don't know. Is that playing some seeds down the road? Yeah, I'll maybe. Believe, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was right. cool. It was cool for about yeah. a couple seconds. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> I can't say I can't really speak much about it right now. Um, yes, it, it probably is maybe planting something maybe down the road. Maybe yeah. I, I don't I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll soon find out. Uh, maybe when they're when Roman and L.A. Knights paths do cross, whether that's maybe for the title or without the title. So we'll 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 soon yeah. find out. Um, but yeah, no, it was cool for what it was. But y'all. Yeah, I'll have to, well, I guess that's kind of something that we need to definitely see moving forward of what, where LA Knight's momentum continues to go yeah. as well as this bloodline storyline. Cause I mean, again, guys, we, we got this bloodline storyline shit for like a good another, what, seven months or, or so, <laughs> or it actually, yeah, for yeah sure. about six or seven months until WrestleMania. Cause that's where, that's where this shit's leading up towards. So, yeah. Um, and speaking of the bloodline, let's just let's just jump right into this uh, this final topic as we'll talk a lot more about L.A. Knight as well as his, you know, this whole that whole interaction with Heyman. Does it, you know, hint at anything? But we'll, we'll get into that moving forward. But let's let's just jump into this uh, this bloodline segment as this is our final topic of today's show as we'll just rip the bandaid right off of it. Right. So it's <laughs> we build all of this, 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 uh, this built up to up to right now. So. Man, I look, Brian, me and you have spoke about it for so long about this storyline and how just it's this has been a storyline that's been just different, Mm -hmm. different in regards to just excitement and intrigue and knowing what what's going to happen. Yeah, and making sense. Right, exactly, right. And making sense. That's the that's the biggest thing, right? Making sense. For the over three years, at least up until this point, everything has made sense. Have there been some little bit of blunders here and there? Yeah, of course there have. But majority of this storyline, it's been the best storyline in fucking years. So mm-hmm. I do want to give credit where credit is due. It's been the best storyline over the past three years, and WWE and everyone involved deserves recognition of that. However, this shit has completely gone off the fucking rails to where now, guys, Jimmy Uso is backstage with Paul Heyman saying, oh, no one told me I was out of the bloodline, so he's got his We The One shirt. I'm in. <laughs> and I'm thinking... What are we doing? <laughs> so, so we just want to ignore Saudi. We, we just want to ignore Jimmy's explanation of why he's even turned on Jey Uso in the fucking first place. Why he cost him the, the championship and the tribal chief name, whatever you want to call that. About Jimmy Uso saying, oh, I did it because I loved you. I didn't want to lose you. And you super kicked fucking Roman's head off because if that doesn't solidify someone being out of a fucking group, Brian, I don't know what does, (laughs) but fuck all of that. Jimmy Uso is back in, or at least that's what he wants to believe himself that he's back in, you know, and Heyman's like, Oh, you know, you're not in unless the tribal chief says you're in because again, you did kick his freaking head off. Um, so guys make it make sense. (laughs) Like nothing, they, this company, 
We, I said it earlier with the whole, w- with the freaking whole Shinsuke and, and, and Seth Rollins stuff, as well as others, they're throwing baloney at the wall and seeing if it sticks. This is a day by day experiment as of right yeah. now, moving forward. They don't know what the fuck they're doing moving forward into summer into wrestlemania they want to make you believe that it's long-term storytelling because jay uso is on raw and jimmy's on smackdown long-term storytelling long-term build guys they don't know what the fuck they're doing man they they don't yes it makes sense to keep them separate but that's it they want to drag and i mean drag this shit to the fucking ground all the way to WrestleMania 40. And that's mm-hmm. where we're at. As Jimmy Uso attacks, as AJ Styles is now involved in all of this now, um, as it started last week, mm-hmm. um, you know, Heyman runs into AJ Styles. Styles puts his hands on him. Jimmy Uso attacks him from behind, you know, because, you know, hey, listen, Heyman's like, take, take care of this AJ Styles problem. I'll try to ruffle some feathers to see to officially get you back into the into the bloodline or in Roman's good graces. Right. So that whole segment came about. And then of course the main event and guys, I'm not even fucking done. We get to this main event and the judgment day get involved. The judgment. That's right. Right. Because we see us so much of them on Monday nights. Hell, we see them on fucking NXT and now, because they're holding on to tag gold, you're going to see a lot more of them on Friday nights. As AJ Styles defeated Jimmy Uso uh, in that main event, there was a little bit of uh, interactions with him and Solo. Uh, Solo kind of turned his back on him, trying to communicate with him. Um, and then that little distraction, like Jimmy Uso's like, what the fuck? And, you know, Styles hits the phenomenal forearm. He wins the match. And yeah, guys, the Judgment Day just come out and attack Styles from behind. And I'm thinking, wow, like this is this is where this is where we're at, Brian. Like this is the shit where we're at to where you have the Judgment Day who couldn't be more of an outsider in regards to this story because we have because guess what, Brian? They don't have anybody else. Jey Uso is doing his stuff on freaking Raw. You can't bring them to SmackDown. You can't have those two in the same building on the same brand to build a story and a match at WrestleMania. Guys, you can't do it. So you know what? Let's put the titles on the Judgment Day. That gives us an excuse to to insert them with the bloodline, right? That's what it is. But here's Mm -hmm. the problem. It doesn't make sense. Right. And maybe if you want, maybe you want to go back to a couple months ago where maybe there was a deal between Heyman and the Judgment Day in, in regards to solving a Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens problem. Right. You hired the Judgment Day. So could their ties be into that? Maybe. I don't know. But is it needed? Does it truly right. make sense? Not really. And, and that's it. The Judgment Day. Um, and solo, they look at, they look at the ring from one another, from the ring to the rampway. So, uh, they throw styles back in the ring. Solo hits the Samoan spike. And then there's a stare down between solo Sokoa and the judgment day from the rampway and into the ring. Brian, your thoughts, my man, (laughs) make sense of this, this. make sense of this, please. Yeah. I, you know. I don't want to beat a dead horse. You know, like I said, the the, the whole bloodline story, 
or maybe not the whole bloodline story, but the, the, we just shouldn't be here <laughs> at the end of the day. Right, the, yeah. This shouldn't be the, yeah. the spot we're in. Absolutely. Um, you know, where, where it goes and the, the tie-ins with AJ Styles or the judgment day, I'll even take it from the, the, the judgment days, you know, aspect, right. As a wrestling fan, you know, maybe this is just a personal preference or I, I believe it works better. If you have, you know, one one story, one storyline, right? And maybe you could have some little, you know, like maybe one other little kind of side story there. But you put 100% into that rather than now you got the Judgment Day with, you know, they had the confrontation with the Street Pop Profits and Lashley. They're coming <laughs> over here to the bloodline. You still got Sammy and a KO comes uh... back and we mentioned, you know, Cody Rhodes or Jay Uso. So it's like, I, I think it's better if, if you're, if you're trying to tell four or five different stories, right. But you're only putting like 25% effort into each one. It all kind of turns to shit right, rather yeah. than just putting a hundred percent into this. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's where, that's where I'm at with it all is just that it's, it's so much and it's so convoluted and it's so, you know, AJ Styles, he's already had a match with Roman and had interactions with the bloodline. Now we're going back to revisit that. And yeah, it's just, it doesn't, it's just not flowing. Yeah. It's not making sense. You have to, you have to suspend your disbelief or try to connect the dots to such a degree that it's just, it's, not entertaining it's not fun <laughs> you know uh that's where i'm at with it i mean i love everybody involved you know solo yeah. jimmy Heyman, jay you know they're all great but the story is really really lacking right now um yeah uh, i don't know and and all that being said i still have faith that at the end of the day whether whether it would be as good as Cody defeating Roman this past mania, probably not. Can something still great and fantastic happen at next mania? Sure. Absolutely. But man, just fucking, I don't know. It's almost like kind of get more back to the page of like, make it a linear line, like straight ahead, not all this zigzag. <laughs> like, God damn, dude. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's my overall thoughts with everything regarding the, the bloodline right now. It's just, it's so all over the place. And we know that all of this is going to be stretched out for the next seven months or so. So uh, this is what we're going to get. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the only positive thing here before we go into our, our top five list for this week. Um, the only positive thing, at least in regards to this main event in this show is AJ Styles, because, Hey, I mean, it, AJ Styles is finally involved in something. I mean, yeah, yeah. he had his moments with Karrion and cross. They tried to make something out of nothing for what they were given, but they didn't again, like you mentioned, Brian, like it was not forget 25% effort. They gave legit five, to minimal, no fucking. And where the fuck is the OC? <laughs> Goddamn. Now the OC. Now the OC wasn't a backstage segment, 
um, with Styles, as you know, Styles was frustrated with the OC about not having his back when Jimmy Uso attacked him backstage. And it was actually, well, again, that. it was a good well. backstage segment. And I love the fact that Styles is involved, but it's everything else that has surrounded this is what's is what's diminishing that. What's right. diminishing AJ Styles and finally getting this this I guess you could say involvement, finally being involved in something that the company is trying to put effort. I use that loosely, but effort, but it's being overshadowed because everything else is a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. You know? Good segment backstage, and who knows where the OC and AJ Styles goes, but yeah, man, it's 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 a mess. It's it's a complete yep. mess and I think that's the only thing that me and you can possibly say at this point. Can it yeah. be can it be fixed at this point? I I don't know. Um, I I really truly don't know. Um, but we'll see, man. We'll see next week and where things go and where things go at Fastlane. What Jimmy Uso or what Jay Uso has in store on Raw? What Jimmy Uso has in store in SmackDown? And how they want to drag this out to Mania? Uh, all right, guys. So. With that being said, let us dive into our top five wrestlers for this week. However, it's not our top five wrestlers of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, today is a new, a brand new special edition of our top five list. Today, our top five is covering the top five wrestlers of tomorrow, of the future, so a lot of these wrestlers, you know, from me and Brian's perspective, are going to be wrestlers on who we feel like is the future of professional wrestling, the future of their said companies, and who we see is truly going to be a star or make themselves a star, whether that's WWE giving them the push, whether that's doing, you know, them doing that for themselves. You know, we talk about LA Knight all the time, as well as others. And that's pretty much, pretty much it, man. So again, it's from our just non trying to be not as biased as we possibly can be with these lists but yeah man so expect these types of different lists moving forward so for this week it's the top five wrestlers um of the future uh moving forward the future stars future stars of the company um whether again aw new japan you name it all of these other companies are free game uh for this list so brian i'll have you get started with your top five lists and i will get into mine the floor is yours Take it away. Yeah, well, first let me um, qualify it. as This was a really hard list for me to make um, because there's so many names that, you know, you, you've seen, you know, starts and flashes. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all a crapshoot and who gets injured and who doesn't, right? Um, so, so that being said, um, I, I got to start off with a handful of honorable mentions just because, you know, there's – Again, just so many people that I see potential in. Uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Um, now, I don't necessarily like like their style of wrestling, but they are so good and work as a tan- Like, their movesets yeah. are, are tandem tag team movesets. They are a tag team, man. Absolutely. Yeah. They are the definition of a tag team, not two wrestlers just thrown together just to throw them together. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Yep. So, yeah, well, we'll see where they go in the future. But, I mean, from what I've seen in ring from them, God, they are phenomenal um, and work so well together. Really, really. The chemistry between those two are just is, is off the charts, man. 
Um, so I'll give them a quick shout out. Um, a couple more here, um, Jade Cargill and Wardlow. Um, you know, we haven't seen Jade Cargill in a while. Um, you know, for which the improvements, you know, that she had made from the first time we've seen her until the last time we've seen her. I mean, she's, she, it's a completely different wrestler. Um, Mm -hmm. and if, if she continues with this and, you know, again, it's all creative and storyline driven, you know, we'll see, but she's, she's a person that I could see at the top of a women's division for the next 10 years or so. Um, and my last one, I guess I'll go here. God, it's so many. Um, (laughs) fuck. I'm just going to group them all together. Um, Tony Storm, Damian Priest, and Nick Wayne. Uh, Nick Wayne, you know, while he's 18 years old, super, super young. Um, you know, again, this is all, hopefully he remains healthy. You're, you're not going to see the best of, of Nick Wayne for another 10 to 15 years. Like, that's when, you know, he'll get to his prime. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, number five. I'm going to go Grayson Waller. Um, you know, he, he's, I, I liked what he's done down in NXT. You know, as soon as he got, or actually, what, the night before he got called up or whatever, he suffered that injury. So he's kind of just starting to get back in the mix now. Um, but that guy's got, you know, a lot of, lot of freaking potential, I think. My number four... Zoe Stark, um, man, she, everything she's done so far from NXT, granted, I mean, the babyface stuff, not her best stuff. I definitely prefer her as a heel, um, but man, she's awesome. The, the feud and the, and the storyline she just had with Becky and Trish, um, you know, that kind of put her on the map. I mean, she really, she really stepped up and held her own and, and she's here now. So yeah, we'll see where she goes going forward. Um, my number three, and you can, you know, it's debatable. Is he a star now? Yes. Um, but I'm going to go solo Sokoa. Um, again, he, he's going to be in and around the main event picture for the next 10 to 15 years. Again, all this barring injury and everything and everything he's done so far in the bloodline, man, is, is really, really good. And, and what we haven't seen of him, which I'm, Whenever it does happen, it, it's going to take him, I feel, to another level. He doesn't talk much, right? But he can. And he we can, just haven't yeah. seen it. So once that starts to, yeah. to come into play here, yeah, look for him to, to you know, cup, climb a couple more rungs up the ladder. Um, so my top two here, right? I got to qualify this as um, I'm going to put well, no, I'm still going to keep him number two. A lot of this hinges also, you know, on what company they're working for, how they are going to be built and presented, second generational talents, all that kind of thing, all all play a big factor in it, right? Only because he is technically 33 years old right now, so I don't know if you can technically categorize him as a young guy. But Ricky Starks, man, um, dude, he is a fucking star now. Um, 
and, and I just hope it, it continues to improve and, and we see more and even better of them because whether it's a promo, in-ring, entrance, charisma, attitude, the way he carries himself, all of it. I mean, he's, he's nailing all of it right now. Um, so I'll put him as my number two. And then... My number one, Ron Breaker. And okay. I put him number one mostly because right now, and even maybe in the future, you know, I, I think Ricky Starks is maybe a better talent. However, Braun Breaker is going to have the WWE machine behind him. He's a second yeah. generation star. Yeah. He's got the Steiner name and blood and whatever. Um, so that is a guy that I see, you know, five, 10, 15 years down the road, he is going to be the face or one of the faces of WWE. Um, so that's, that's my top five. Um, again, number five, Grayson Waller, number four, Zoe Stark, three, Solo Sokoa, two, Ricky Starks, and number one, Braun Breaker. very nice now it is my turn to get into this list so i'm kind of the same way as as you are brian in in regards to like developing this list because this was hard there was definitely a lot of names there was definitely a lot of ways that i can create this list so just to point this out to everybody pretty much my entire list is involving people pretty much under the age or wrestlers under the age of 30. Like I don't I think the oldest person that I have in this list is someone by the age of 28. <laughs> so I'm talking like young blood, like young 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 blood that yeah, we yeah. see rocking for the next not just 10 15 but 20 plus years from now. And of course some of these people, you know, could the machine be behind them? Could they not? You know, we'll see right, in regard right. to that. But this is just pure utter talent that I have seen from these people and I truly think that with the machine behind them, without the machine behind them, they're they can be special in regards to what they're placed in moving forward. You know, and like I always say, everybody has a place, but for these people, they definitely have a place for sure. Uh, let me start with two honorable mentions. I don't have as many honorable mentions as you do, Brian, but I have two. My first one is Kanosuke Takeshka. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is with Kanosuke, of course, Takeshka being at 27 years of age, you know, look. I still need to see more of the dude to say that, hey, he's going to draw in fans. He's going to draw in, you know, ticket sales and merchandise and all that stuff. But, man, this dude is this dude for what he's been able to do in a short amount of time, at least, again, the AEW machine. You know, we talk about the WWE machine, but the AEW machine seems to be pretty, pretty behind them, you know, being involved with Don Callis. So clearly they want to push this dude. They want this dude to feel somewhat important. Um, I think he's definitely got the, you know, the, obviously the in-ring ability. We talk about that all the time with, with Kenos, with Takeshka. However, now the next step for him is that, can he sell? Can he truly sell? Can he tell the story? That's Mm -hmm. really the next, the, the next step for him. And the only way to 
find that out is right now because right now he's he's approaching the prime of his career and now is where he really needs to start to step up. So that's the reason why I don't have him in this top five list, but I thought I'd mention him because he does have that potential and he does yep. deserve that praise. Uh, my second honorable mention is Nikita Lyons from NXT. Yeah. Uh, Nikita Lyons, unfortunately, of course, I'm sure not a lot of people know that name because, well, she has been out of an injury for quite yep. some time. I do believe that she is... Uh, uh, she, she is um, developing a comeback um, at some point. She's developing a comeback from that injury. Uh, I, from what I've seen for just a short amount of time, and I, and this is just my gut feeling. This is somebody that I truly feel when it comes to, you know, bigger, thicker women, <laughs> right? That's going to be somebody I really, truly feel like the WWE machine is going to be behind them. I yeah. think that that's somebody that, you know, WWE wants them is, is or what she is going to be a WWE, you know, gal and, and having the machine behind her. And I feel like she's going to be one of those wrestlers to where she's going to be. She's going to be one of those top stars, maybe not a Bianca Belair or Becky Lynch to that extent, but definitely when she does come back, she maybe have a nice short fuse in NXT. And then you'll, I'm sure at some point you'll see her at some point on the main roster, but she's got the talent. She's 24 years of age. She has the talent. She has the the capability to do such. So we'll see where, where that ends up. Now, let me get into my top five rest or my top five list for this week. So my top or my number five is Roxanne Perez at the age of 21 for superstars of the future is Roxanne Perez. This girl, man, is special. And even, mm -hmm. and she is, like I said, she has done a lot of things at such a young age. And I think a lot of this experience for her, you know, being in these said matches with Blair Davenport not too long ago at the Great American Bash, as well as others being in involvement with freaking, uh, with freaking Mandy Rose, taking that NXT championship from Mandy Rose, learning under toolages like Booker T. And I think she's going to be one of those wrestlers to where, yeah, you know, people, you know, she can be great. Some people may think she's great. Maybe some people think that she's just another one of those, I guess, just wrestlers that are there. But she's going to be a gal that's going to get better as she gets older, right? I just see that in her. I see that in her talent. I see that what she brings to the table. And again, at such a young age, man, I think that she is just getting started in this business. You know, you, we guys, we always talk about all the time. She, we know her as Roxy from ROH. And I think this right. experience at WWE, I think that she, if they give her the shine or not. Now, this is going to be one of those stars to where I don't know if the machine is going to be fully behind her. But if they do, man, no, she is definitely, she's definitely going to be a name that a lot of people uh, are definitely going to have their eyeballs on for sure. Uh, number four um, is JC Jane. JC Jane at 27 years of age. This woman is really good. And I mean, really 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 good of course as she was part of the toxic attraction faction in nxt um and of course she's been in this really decent really really good may i add a uh, few that she was involved in with G with Gigi dolan another member from that toxic attraction faction <laughs> no a little little bit of rhyme in there um but yeah jcj man she her in-ring work yes she may not be the greatest technical wrestler but she sells she makes every little detail matter. Her, the words, the delivery in her voice and in her mic skills, fucking awesome. I've seen so many great, potentially greatness, just greatness in her. 
do now again, does the company get behind her? We'll see in her booking. Right. You know, the fact that we see so many of these these main roster talents, it's kind of overshadowed the talent that she is, which is again why I can't get on board with so many of these main roster talents being on the show. But man, if you guys, you know, have the chance to do such, go check out JC Jane and her work. Again, at 27 years of age, she's in the prime of his career, prime of her career, and she's only getting better. So at number three, I have Carmelo Hayes at number three. <sighs> At, mm-hmm. at age at number 28. Mellow, don't miss, right, as, as right. people would like to say. Look, no, I, I said this about Takeshka. You know, Carmelo Hayes is, again, one of those dudes where I need to see more of in regards to really me getting captivated by this dude. And this is where I don't want to be biased in regards to this, right? Even though I may not feel a certain type of way about Carmelo Hayes the way I do about J.C. Jane and others, Carmelo Hayes is definitely going to be a guy that is that is going to have the machine behind him. They want to have something planned for him when he does get to the main roster. And he's going to be one of those guys that is going to be one of your top stars in the near future at some point in time, maybe after WrestleMania this year, who knows? Uh, But Carmelo Hayes, you know, he has, I think this whole little mellow don't miss type of shtick is definitely building some confidence in him. Um, And now it just comes to the point, you know, does, can he carry a storyline you know can he get really truly connected with this this fan base you know a lot of casual fans you know can he do that you know we'll soon find out but Carmelo Hayes is number three at number two I have Braun Breaker at the age of 25 um similar to Carmelo Hayes they're going to he's going to have the machine behind him no doubt whenever he does get to the main roster and I truly hope it's with this freaking heel shtick because Braun yeah. Breaker with this heel shtick is on another fucking level. Um, the shit that he's done in NXT, if you guys have never seen it, go check it out. His fucking spear is is absolutely devastating, and yeah. just bringing that 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 new that new sense in his character, it's just it it's it has the potential, man. And at only age of twenty five. Uh, no doubt, like Carmelo Hayes is going to be one of those guys in the future, which are where they he wants him to be a top star. Hell, I believe he's also a third generational talent uh, in the business. So obviously, WWE wants him to have that shine. And I'm, you know, being a again a generational talent. So we'll see, man. Again, the sky's the limit for Braun Breaker and this character, and we'll see where it ends up moving forward. And at number one, the number one top superstar of the future is. Tiffany Stratton, Tiffany Stratton at the age of 24 guys. Listen, I know we talk, we make fun of Vince McMahon and his blonde bombshells and all of this stuff over the past few years, but this girl is no blonde bombshell. This woman is really, really fucking good. You know, the woman that is right now, your current NXT women's champion. And the fact that, and not only that man, but clearly this company wants to have something for her as you know, she's already being involved with Becky Lynch in NXT. Becky Lynch made an appearance on NXT to challenge Tiffany Stratton. So clearly they see a lot of potential in her and I'm sure you're going to see her on the main roster at some point down the road in the future. But I'm telling you, man, we've I've said this about her and that fucking beautiful moonsault it is better than legit half of that women's roster in that division. She is talented. She makes everything look so effortless. Like it's would, like she's not even trying. 
like she this girl this woman has it man her little mm-hmm. barbie type of freaking you know fashion i think it's freaking awesome i think she pulls it off beautifully it has the potential if they book her as such and they make her feel as such and they debut her in the right time at the right moment for people to get captivated but tiffany stratton man you know she's not a she's not just a pretty face she's not a blonde bombshell she is really freaking good and again if you haven't seen nxt go see her work and i'm telling you you won't be disappointed so that is my top five wrestlers of the future of tomorrow i have roxanne perez at number five at 21 years of age at number four i have jc jane at 27 years of age at number three i have carmelo hayes at the age of 28 at number two i have Braun breaker at the age of 25 and at number one the number one superstar of the future is tiffany stratton at only at 24 years of age and that yeah. is my top five wrestlers of this week or excuse me Fantastic top five wrestlers list, of the future of this week so and that's it man no that's it so again you know who knows with these people you know do they get that push do they not um we'll soon find out man you know obviously like i mentioned there's some wrestlers that have the machine behind them some of them don't or they end up what we shall soon find out so but hope you guys enjoyed that and again we plan on changing these lists week after week so make sure you guys stay tuned for next week's top five list uh moving forward that's going to be uh on our weekend shows but thank you guys once again for tuning into another episode of ruthless talk this was our both monday night raw and smackdown review for this week make sure you guys stay tuned our next episode is going to be um, this coming Thursday when we're back talking AW Dynamite as well as Collision. It feels like it's been a minute, Brian, since we've talked about an AW Collision or an AW Collision and Dynamite show because uh, yeah. there's been so many pay-per-views going on over the last several weeks. And now we have kind of now approached a turn, a new, a new, uh, a new split in the road as we're now getting closer to the end of the year getting you know we have the grand slam event coming up as well as uh aw full gear to look forward to so make sure you guys stay tuned for um all of those reviews to come and coming up soon so that's going to be uh for this thursday for talking aw and collision and then of course we're right back at it um a week from today when we talk once again both monday night raw and smackdown and again another uh, edition of our top five lists of the week. So once again, thank you guys for tuning into this episode, whether you're watching on Spotify and Apple podcasts, we always appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you guys follow us on social media. Make sure you guys join us on our Facebook page as well as Instagram and TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk. We are getting very close. I want to say we're about six to seven followers away from hitting 900 on TikTok. So again, thank you guys so much for hitting that follow button, for being a part of this community, for being a part of this, just this page, this podcast, this platform. Thank you guys so much for being a part of it and make sure you guys stay tuned for more episodes to come. Brian, your final thoughts, my man, overall, before we, before we end things. I'll just comment to your, your list, man. Fantastic list that dude, I I literally struggle with all those. Like actually (laughs) even going, going back to it, like I'd, I'd probably take Grayson Waller out of number five and put Carmelo Hayes there. Um, but like, man, Tiffany Stratton, I wanted to put on here, Nikita Lyons. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, there's a lot, a lot of young talent for sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And again, where, where they go, where they go with in their careers, definitely, definitely remains to be seen. And of course, we'll talk of, of course, everything else that's going on on the main roster 
with Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, as well as AEW, as now we're getting closer to the end of the year, you know, where things shift in going closer to the to Survivor Series, as well as the Rumble, as well as in next year's WrestleMania in Philly. So now we're kind of at that point in the in the schedule. So we shall soon find out. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. That's going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And boys are signing off saying salutes. Peace out. And take care, everybody.